Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Lum, Director of Private Wealth and Capital Markets at CFA Institute. I'm joined here today at CFA Institute's China Investment Conference in Beijing by Mr. Anthony Niu, who is formerly Chief Advisor to the China Securities and Regulatory Commission and Ex-Chairman of the Hong Kong Securities and Futures Commission. He is currently a visiting professor at Peking University. Anthony, thanks for being with us today. Pleasure. With unprecedented increases in QFI and renminbi QFI quota, imminent entry of A shares into the global benchmark equity indices, and the IPO pipeline held up pending tightened due diligence and corporate governance requirements, what are the key issues and reform outlook for China's equity markets? Well, I, I think there, there needs to be a number of things that needs to be looked at. I think, first of all, uh, the Chinese uh, uh, macroeconomic policies uh, they don't particularly favor the capital markets at the moment. Uh, you can see that the stimulus uh, that has occurred in the past few years uh, has been really uh, a stimulus which has uh, greatly uh, benefited the banking sector uh, with the result that bank credit now exceeds 200% uh, uh, of the GDP. Uh, whereas, of course, in the past year or so, we have found, in fact, uh, that the stock market uh, has uh, stopped IPOs. Mm -hmm. uh, now, for reasons, for very different, re for, for different reasons, uh, to macroeconomic policy, it is said that uh, you need to have a, a respite uh, so that companies can have better corporate governance. Uh, uh, to be to be honest, I don't buy that reason uh, because uh, corporate governance is is a continuous matter. Uh, you can't just have a hiatus of a few months or a year mm -hmm. uh, for it to be better. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to be continuously better. Uh, and, and probably uh, there are other reasons as well. So the stock market at the moment is somewhat dysfunctional uh, with its main function of raising capital uh, being taken away. Uh, that also takes away the incentive of many companies to better their corporate governance. Because uh, why, why do you need to better your co corporate governance when you can't raise more money in the stock markets? Uh, so that's uh, uh, an aspect which has to change. Uh, then once uh, uh, there is, in fact, greater uh, prominence being given to the uh, stock market, uh, at the moment, I think there is still not enough international participation in the markets, despite the QFI scheme. Uh, the QFI quota has actually uh, uh, increased. Uh, there have been uh, people who have brought money in, but there have been very few people who have used that money uh, to buy stocks in the stock markets. There's a lot of wait-and-see attitude going on at the moment. Uh, and, and I think it's time for us to review the QFI scheme uh, to actually uh, take the next step, which Taiwan has actually taken after 10 years or so of uh, the use of the QFI scheme, uh, to go for direct uh, clearing uh, using uh, foreign currency. Uh, and in fact, it's not a very big step, and it's a step which could be taken, uh, whereas you can have international uh, members in our stock exchange buying and selling A shares. And with... Uh, uh, shares being bought and sold in renminbi, but they could be settled, in fact, using foreign currencies through a clearing system, which could be worked out, in fact, by SAFE. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would be the next version or the next evolution of the QFI scheme. Now, if that happens, then uh, the market, in fact, 
uh, will be very different. This market becomes an international market. Mm -hmm. uh, then you will have the market discipline of the international market uh, coming in to our Asia market. So that's, I think, is the essential thing that needs to change. One is to allow the stock market to resume its function of raising capital, and B, uh, to, to upgrade uh, the QFI scheme to allow international direct clearing. Now, this is not as big a step as it might seem. Uh, it's actually probably is, is not a lot different to the QFI scheme. At the moment, the QFI scheme uh, is not much welcome, and a lot, there's not a lot of uh, tickets despite the increase, mainly because there's a very, very high uh, period of placing the money into a RMB account, which means that the investors take uh, a foreign currency risk uh, for, for quite a long time. Uh, uh, they sell the stock, the money goes back into an RMB account. You can't take it out until all the taxation issues are solved. So uh, that uh, uh, creates a disincentive for investment. So you, you take both a market risk as well as a forex risk. So if you have direct clearing, the forex risk is lessened, then you only have the market risk of this A shares. Mm -hmm. So that would make a lot of difference. Right. Now for the bond markets, what are the key issues and outlook? I think the bond market will come into its own once uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the deposit interest rate uh, is liberalized. At the moment, we already have the lending interest rate uh, liberalized, which is a good step. Uh, the next thing would be a, uh, uh, a global uh, um, uh, treasury market. Now, at the moment, the treasury market is, is fast becoming global because the, uh, the next stage would be, in fact, the dealing in a treasury futures market, in the Shanghai financial futures market. I think within uh, uh, two to three months, we'll actually have uh, treasury futures in the Shanghai financial futures uh, market uh, being dealt with. That will be a important benchmark rate for interest rates. Once we have an important benchmark rate for interest rates and further liberalization of the banking uh, interest rates, we will have, in fact, a bond market uh, where you can actually benchmark against, in fact, less volatile uh, interest rates. So you would know what your risk premium is when you deal with, uh, when you trade bonds. At the moment, uh, the risk premium is pretty difficult to, to, to actually uh, assess. Uh, so one, to a certain extent, is playing the market in the dark. Uh, but once we have these benchmark rates, then we will have, in fact, a market which is much more rational. Will China continue to develop its domestic commodity exchanges? Would there be further consolidation? What role would the LME and the Hong Kong X play here? Well, uh, the Chinese uh, commodity markets at the moment, uh, they rank uh, in total, all the commodity markets put together, about 13th in the world. But in terms of certain commodities, uh, they rank well within the first five. Copper, for example, we, we rank normally between second and third. Uh, the problem, however, is that these are RMB prices, mm -hmm. which are being benchmarked in these markets. Uh, and uh, uh, we have no international brokerage participation uh, in these markets. So even though that we have very large commodity markets, they are not used as benchmark prices around the world because the RMB is not a liberalized currency. Mm -hmm. uh, what we can do in the future, again, is to actually uh, uh, 
allow international brokerages to take part in our futures exchange so that uh, and, and be able to clear uh, their deals in our uh, commodities exchange uh, with uh, their own currency. Uh, but then it, we, we do need, of course, a, a, an arrangement which is close to what I call, in fact, the next version of QFI. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, a very exciting development is likely to take place within the next year. And that is, in fact, the, uh, 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 the uh, um, emergence of a new contract uh, in our commodities exchange. I think the Shanghai exchange is likely to do that. And that is uh, uh, crude oil futures. Uh, China, of course, is both an importer and a producer of crude oil, and it's not Brent or sweet crude oil. The Brent uh, uh, is dealt with, of course, in London in the IPE, or now the ICE exchange, mm -hmm. and uh, sweet uh, uh, crude is dealt with in NYMEX at the moment. Uh, and the other types of oil, which generally is used by China and other countries in Asia, uh, which is higher sulfur content, uh, that, that, is, that has no uh, 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 futures price. Uh, we, use, we use Brent and sweet oil as being the proxy price at the moment for mm -hmm. futures price. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a very exciting contract. Uh, and uh, that contract, uh, as I understand it, uh, will, will introduce international brokerages at, uh, into, into the arena. And that means, in fact, being allowed to clear with foreign currency into a renminbi contract uh, through a clearing system. Uh, that is actually the, the next version of right. QFI. Uh, if that happens, we will have international brokerages in our exchanges. And that, in fact, then sets an international price. Uh, the renminbi price then would be seen as the international price. So that means uh, copper in this region, or uh, crude oil uh, outside of Brent and sweet uh, crude, uh, would have actually uh, a futures, uh, as well as a spot price. Uh, that that would be a very exciting thing. Now, in terms of the LME and the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, uh, it's difficult to tell because the Stong Hong Kong Stock Exchange, of course, is, is entering an international commodities arena. And the LME, of course, is an important commodities uh, market, but the metals market uh, in Europe. Uh, but then they have very, very little uh, 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 linkages with Asia. So the, uh, uh, the challenge for the Hong Kong Stock Exchange would be how do you actually uh, uh, parlay that into uh, 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 an Asian context. Mm -hmm. Because again, the LME is very much a European mm -hmm. uh, 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 commodities exchange uh, because the commodities which they deal with are equally dealt with by NYMEX, right. for example, uh, across the pond. Right. So uh, 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 again, you know, there will be competition between the two. Uh, so how, how they would uh, do that would, uh, would, would, I think, challenge the stock exchange. And uh, uh, the challenge would be whether you can actually then extend that into an Asian context. Uh, it is unlikely that they could actually uh, challenge the Chinese commodities exchanges in the Chinese domestic markets because the Chinese commodities exchanges are very well established uh, and they have uh, very, very good, of course, uh, settlement systems uh, within, the, uh, within China. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's going to be a very big challenge, I think. Will Hong Kong remain as the preeminent offshore renminbi center given that Shanghai, the special zone within the special zone of Shenzhen, has aspired to be the Manhattan of the Greater Pearl River Delta region? And will Taiwan, Singapore, Australia, and other offshore centers play an increasingly important role here as well? I think Hong Kong would, would probably retain its first mover advantage for some time. Uh, because first, 
being a first mover in this area, you actually have all the systems. Uh, now the clearing systems are very well established and they are very well managed in Hong Kong. Uh, the banking system, of course, is, is very sound and very well managed in Hong Kong. So I think they will, they will certainly uh, carry the first mover advantage with them well into the future. Now, uh, which is not to say that uh, inroads would not be made uh, by other centers such as Tianhai, uh, Taiwan, Singapore, uh, and other uh, financial centers in the region. Uh, but, of course, uh, at the end of the day, I think most uh, uh, transactions, if not all transactions, which have a direct uh, um, counterparty within the Chinese de e domestic economy will end up in Shanghai. So it's only those that have no direct transactions with the Chinese economy uh, which will end up with other financial centers. Mm -hmm. Or we have counterparties outside of China, then they can right. still handle their business. Well, the much-talked-about mainland Hong Kong mutual recognition of investment funds and cross-border distribution soon become a reality? Will we see some sort of a fund distribution regime similar to the European usage emerging in Asia? We, we won't see that. Maybe the uh, UC, uh, UCTI, uh, UCTI system is, is based on the European passport system, right. uh, which, which essentially means, in fact, one set of rules for all of the membership within the European Union. And we, we don't have that in Asia. Uh, what we can have is only uh, uh, mutual recognition uh, uh, by, by markets. So it has to be done on a market-by-market market basis. Mm -hmm. It also ha probably would have to be done on a product-by-product product basis or a mm -hmm. class of product-by-class mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. product basis. So it cannot be as, uh, 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 as ubiquitous right. uh, as the European system. Uh, we don't have the passporting system here. Uh, and, and we never have unless we have an Asian Union like mm -hmm. the European Union, which we right. will not have for right. quite some time. So, uh, uh, but I think uh, mutual recognition is still very much on the cards, very much so. Uh, uh, and, and I think uh, with before too long, we will actually have mutual recognition between China and Hong Kong. Uh, and uh, so certain Hong Kong uh, investment products would be available for uh, Chinese products through the QDII scheme, for example. Um, and uh, also Chinese products would be available for Hong Kong through the QFI scheme. So, so that, that is well possible within the present setup. And with Taiwan, the same thing. Mm. Right. There was an MOU signed absolutely, uh, recently absolutely. with absolutely. Taiwan and yeah. Australia. Yeah. And indeed for Australia as well. Right. Yeah. Or Singapore, for that matter. Mm -hmm. Tony, what are the human resources implications here? Will there be adequate supply of professionals in the industry to keep up with the huge potential of China's financial markets? That is a very good and I believe the key question in, in all of the issues that we have been discussing. Uh, in any uh, uh, market where we have innovation and we have increase in volumes, where we actually have uh, uh, really uh, a lot of uh, investors, and we know that China, in fact, has lots of savings, which needs to be uh, uh, put into good investments to deal with old age, to deal with lifestyle, and so on. Uh, what, is, what is key? is to ensure that uh, uh, monies are properly invested, that people who invest know the risks, and people who invest, in fact, are advised as to how much risk they can take. Uh, now, this requires, in fact, good human resources. This requires people understand the financial markets, understand the needs of people who invest, uh, and, and are 
uh, uh, honest mm -hmm. and professional in what they do. Uh, that, that is the key question, in fact, for, for all financial inf innovation and for all financial markets. Tony, thank you for sharing your insights with us today. My great pleasure, Sam, my great pleasure. And thank you, our viewers, for joining us. Copyright 2013 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.